Live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Writer Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. In the Crow's Nest studio, rolling into the September episode of the Sound Rider Show. And I tell you what, Tom, I don't know about you, but I have been laboring all summer to bring this episode to our listeners and fellow riders out there in podcast space. What about you? Uh, it takes two-part heat and three parts of smoke, and you get a, a show like the one that's coming up. Right that's now. right. The uh, September edition of the Sound Rider Show. We want to thank everybody for joining us, as always. And I don't know, how long uh, – are we two and a half years in at this point? I can't even keep track anymore. Uh, yeah, we're heading for three. For January three? will be our third year. That's right. And uh, this was the 15th year for the Rally in the Gorge, which we'll get into a little bit later. But uh, And it's our third year on Facebook – because t- we were we were late bloomers. That's right. Yeah, but uh, and just over three thousand friends on Facebook. So like us if you yeah. haven't had the chance. Well, it's a uh, always an interesting time of year. You know, this is actually my favorite time of year to ride because with the kids back in school, the campgrounds start to open up, and uh, I have to use the choke on some mornings. You know, it starts uh, to get a little bit colder for the old DR three fifty. You know, I was going to ask you something. Yeah. What. What happened to your bike? What do you mean, what happened to it? It's a filthy mess. No, it is. Are uh, you spraying that Aero Stitch product, the, <laughs> the bug spray on it? Hey, that is all. That? that is uh, that is earned mud and uh, earned scratches and dents. And, hey, I ride my bike. That's you, why I don't get some You pulled into the rally, pain. and the landowner came to me and said, that guy's going to need to wash his bike if he wants to have it. Yeah, I was well, like, wow, look he, at it. He may have said that, but you weren't there when I first pulled in. There was a row of riders applauding quietly as I came by, just because they knew that this guy's actually out there uh, doing the Lord's work, riding his motorcycle, not just uh, leaving it in the garage. <laughs> That's the Lord's that work. That is, proselytizing there. But no, hey, it is dirty. I, I will give you that. I've had it for a couple of years now, and it has never once seen uh, anything other than a natural wa- uh, natural wash in many a rainstorm. Okay, so this but... is this is this is a goal of yours, to ride the filthiest don't you think you could get like sick from breathing the the dust that's coming off it? Quite stuff? the contrary, be bacteria and stuff. In I there? think that's why I have such a robust immune system is because I've uh, <laughs> I've built up a tolerance for those types of things. But you know, my goal ultimately in life is to pair a uh, dual sport motorcycle like that with a nice showroom model, maybe some sort of standard or uh, even a sport bike down the line. But until that happens, I'm going to keep earning those battle scars. So would it be okay for any of our listeners to uh, first get a flu shot and then lick your bike as like a second backup? Hey, I'm old school. I say uh, nix the flu shot and just lick the bike. That'll get you through fall, no problem. So parents, if you have kids out there, uh, let me know, and I'll make the rounds to the schoolyards, and we can uh, get everybody nice and healthy for the uh, winter and fall season. Are you charging by the lick? Uh, definitely, yeah. It's twenty five. Okay. I, I don't know. What do they charge for a flu shot? Yeah, it's like twenty five, thirty. Okay, bucks. yeah. Then I think so. that's that's only the right thing to do. One hundred percent organic. Maybe you I could meet add. up with a doctor and you guys can do a two for price. Yeah, I think that's a uh, 
I think that's a good solution. Maybe uh, at next year's Rally in the Gorge, that will be one of the vendor booths. It will be me and the good doc. Uh, you can come up and lick the bike. So Yeah, right. I think at the end of August, you're right on the cusp of not being too early to get a flu shot right. or, or a lick of bacteria from Derek's bike. That's it. Hey, man. But I tell you what, I'm standing strong. I made it down there and back. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, what, uh, towards the uh, end portion of the show here. But what's going on in sort of the general world of motorcycling? Some kind of big headlines. A couple of big headlines. Yeah. This one was kind of interesting to me that Confederate Motorcycles yeah. is, is teaming up with Zero Motorcycles and they're going to go 100% electric. That is uh, was very interesting, you know, because what's the baseline price for a Confederate motorcycle? It's like 100 grand, right? I don't have the numbers in yeah. front of me, but they they were never cheap, and you can't really find them for sale yeah. usually around the, the Pacific Northwest. Years ago, you could. There was a couple of shops that had them. I haven't seen them for a long time up here. I always thought that they were sort of geared towards the the higher end crowd. Anyway, maybe a hundred grand's not accurate, but I know that they're much more expensive than your your typical Japanese OEM, right? But maybe some. Hollywood riders and that kind of thing. I don't know where these show Maybe. up. Yeah. My, my memory of this company was that after the recession, they really uh, went south. I think they even shut down for a while. Is this like some kind of money scam? I think there's a lot of money scams going on in the electric motorcycle world. I think there's people who are going out, getting the financing, and right. getting all the big pockets to drop money on them, and then taking advantage of all the government subsidies and discounts, and, and, and kind of in the end, the guys on top kind of get to pad their wallets up real good, and then maybe they get lucky and somebody comes along like Polaris and buys yeah. them. Well, that's a very interesting point. You know, that has not even just in electric motorcycles, but uh, well, certainly with the government subsidies. But over the years, you know, there has been a sort of vanity project, right, to these higher end motorcycles. And then they get all the tooling together, they get the people together, and then it's three, four years down the road and they're chopping up the assets and selling it off. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, what do you, it seems to me for electric motorcycles that unless you're going to be right now focused on battery technology, mm-hmm. that you're kind of wasting your time and money, but maybe that's just my perspective. I'm I'm with you. You know, I need I need 300 miles yeah. on a charge. Absolutely. I mean, if we can, well, I guess now Teslas can go about 250 or so, right? And the, and they say the Volt will go about 265. Okay. So. And I feel like if I mean, obviously the batteries had to, I guess would have to be much smaller, but with the lighter weight too, like we should be approaching that within the next decade. Yeah, I think the weight ratio is what the problem is. Yeah. Is that the, the, even though the cars are heavier, they can carry a lot more batteries. And then when you get to a motorcycle, it's, it's let's say it's uh, uh, one-fifth the weight of the car. Yeah. Can you get one-fifth the volume of batteries into a motorcycle? That's so, pretty tough. That's a great question, yeah. I mean, without a uh, an extended baggage compartment, and then the weight starts to go up, right? Because if you're on a, uh, a big Harley-Davidson or something, you still can be looking at 800 pounds. Yeah, and speaking of Harley Davidson, yeah. uh, they announced the 2018 models. Goodbye, Dyna. Goodbye, V Rod. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of chopping from the product line there. What do you attribute this to? Uh, well, I think they need to scale back, and I guess that the romance with the V Rod died enough that there was. It was kind of like my Honda Element. You know, they yeah. only made it from 2003 to 2011, and then it was over and out. Right. Um, because uh, nobody bought them anymore. Yeah. They, they originally kicked off uh, 60,000 of them in the U.S. back in 2003, and by the time they got to 2011, they moved 6,000 Honda Elements. So, okay, I was going to say, are we talking about the V-Rods or the uh, yeah, the well, I'm talking about there, the yeah. V-Rod. I gotcha. Well, um, the V-Rod, though, 
as opposed to the Honda Element, was uh, the Honda Element stylistically anyway kind of aged pretty fast, don't you think? I mean, there was a time. Well, they for... did the one revamp on it, but yeah, it always looked like a toaster. Right, <laughs> it does look like a uh, a toaster on wheels. Which but don't they you... could bring it back any time, and they could do a whole new styling. They've done this with some other models in the line, the yeah. CRVs and that sort of thing. So. Right. You never know. Yeah, the uh, the Honda, what they could mix it with the V-Rod somehow, right? Because the V-Rod has a, a Porsche-inspired engine. That was part of the engineering. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was just, you know, tons of technology and, and testing-type things that went into making that motor and yeah. making sure that it operated okay in parade. Right, situations where it was going to go at low speed for several hours on end. Sure, especially when the rider only rides at 200 miles a year anyway. Yeah, and so. I think they captured a lot of women with that motorcycle. Interesting, yeah. I, I've, I've seen a lot of women riding that motorcycle, you know, in, in ratio to men. I can I can see that, right? It was one of the more um, approachable motorcycles especially for new riders i think in the uh, in mm-hmm. the harley davidson lineup a little bit lighter stripped down um i mean i kind of liked it you know i'm not the biggest harley davidson guy i do like some other stuff but i'm a little disappointed to see that this would be disappearing from the line so then i see them um really going after this what is this uh, uh 750 model that they have yep. now and uh, and then the latest television advertisement comes out, and the guy in the ad is riding like an insane squid, cutting through traffic and ripping down alleyways, right. and and you know wearing a three quarter shell helmet, <laughs> a Pendleton shirt. So I'll tell you, I saw the ad, and it's up on the uh, Soundrider Facebook page. If you go to Facebook uh, dot com slash Soundrider Mag. You can see it uh, down in um, what mid to. Uh, Late August, somewhere around the twentieth or so, if you want to watch the video, I was okay with it. I I feel like that's part of the thrill of riding in the city. I mean, other than the three quarters helmet, that's not really my thing, and I always wear an armored jacket. But I didn't feel like it was too aggressive. We got a lot of comments on the Facebook page, but what in particular? I mean, what were kind of your problems with it? I like it uh, promotes being a squid. <laughs> and it and it puts the idea in a in, in maybe a new writer's mind. Let's say somebody who's thinking about writing. Yeah, it puts the idea in their mind that uh, they can they can get a motorcycle and be a squid. Well, I what did you did you feel like though? Uh, I mean, there was some aggressive riding, but I didn't think there was anything that was. Uh, in this sort of hooligan realm. I didn't think there's anything Really? Else. You don't yeah. think he was terrorizing those people he passed in the first 10 seconds of the commercial? No, I didn't. I thought that was terrorism. I, was, <laughs> the, the lane changes were insane. I, I didn't I didn't think that. I, for one, I ride a little bit like that in downtown situations. Uh, I know downtown Seattle pretty well. I use the alleyways. I, uh, I do maneuver in and out of traffic. It's one of my favorite types of riding i mean i'd rather be doing that than being out on the interstate why don't you just admit it you're the guy in the commercial <laughs> i am <laughs> i the, the reason you know it's not me in the commercial is because there's no dirt on the motorcycle <laughs> it, it's, it's clean it's been polished that's how you know it's not me but i don't know i would love uh i would love some people to add to that comment thread in a friendly way to kind of give their feedback though because i understand where you're coming from but at the same time that's like motorcycles are supposed to be exciting like you should you should be out there enjoying it and that's what a lot of the technology is designed for is to maneuver in those situations when you're out on the super slab man it's just like 
it's just, you know, it can drone on a little bit. So I don't know. I, I had a little bit of a different perspective, though I do understand where you're coming from. On well, it. I mean, and I understand people say, well, it's just a commercial. Relax, yeah. man. You know, because we see a lot of bogus commercials like, you know, Jeep Cherokees ripping through the snow. Yeah, yeah. When you know that 95% of the people who own a Jeep Cherokee have never ridden it off, driven it off. 100%. But, uh, but that's like, that's not perpetrating hooliganism you know and and this one is so that's what that's what gets me about it yeah well i don't know i mean i would i guess if uh he would have pulled into uh some sort of underground fight club or if he would have been revving as uh baby carriages went by or something like that i'd be a little more apt to see that but i did see some aggressive riding but hey who amongst us hasn't uh, accelerated quickly in downtown traffic and uh tried to enjoy some of the fruits of that engineering labor yeah, well, enough of Grandpa <laughs> on that one. Hey, here comes Grandpa again. How about this one? Let's this, hear it. Uh, this uh, uh, Curtis, who lives in uh, Ording, was driving his Honda GL fifteen hundred. Right. When was this on? Uh, Recently, twenty ninth of August. Yeah, and had the passenger Melissa on the back. And uh, she's from Lake Taps. Um, this is a report that came in from the state patrol, and we never saw it. We never saw it come up in the news feeds anywhere. So, you know, it's kind of like we got an exclusive. We or definitely something. do. Breaking news. So, anyways, news. Uh, Curtis, fifty-one year old, uh, hit an elk on his GL. If we say fifteen hundred, yeah, GL Goldwing fifteen hundred. Well, pound for pound, that's pretty even. It was blue. Yeah. And uh, he hit an elk in lane one uh, on the westbound. Oh, and then the vehicle came to a rest on the westbound right shoulder of SR-162, where I guess the elk may have come to rest as yeah. well. Uh, it closed, rode down for three hours and 26 minutes. Holy cow. Turns out that uh, Curtis uh, gets charged with a DUI. And what was his other – hold on. Somewhere here. Yeah. A, he gets a DUI, and he also gets charged with da, – da, 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 was, was some kind of – Assault, right? Vehicular assault, assault yeah. or something yeah, like that? Yeah, vehicular – that was it. Vehicular assault. Yeah. And he uh, totaled – his bike was totaled. They impounded it at the Tacoma bullpen, blah, 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 blah. So uh, – so all you elk, I just want you to keep an eye out for these motorcycles, you know. That's I, – I mean we, we only have sort of limited details on that. But how do you get vehicular assault on an elk or is it – Well, if I was that elk's attorney, I'd have made sure that happened too. <laughs> That's right. I hear there was severe antler damage involved. So there had to be uh, some sort of uh, reparation or repercussion for that. I wonder if the vehicular assault means that he had the passenger on the back and she got injured. So that would be because of his DUI. Interesting. So maybe that's where the vehicular assault comes in. But like I say, that, that Elks attorney, he might have another <laughs> twist on this. I don't know. We should do a, a whole other series of podcasts where we get these snippets from the Washington State Patrol and we try to deduce <laughs> Yeah, we just make up what happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We should try to do that. But <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever come close to hitting uh, any wildlife? Uh, oh, heck yeah. Yeah. What's, oh, heck yeah. What's your closest encounter? Uh, about six elk on one Whoa. of the secret roads one morning at yeah. about 8 a.m. And uh, a really nice, you know, fuzzy tail 
camels in front of us, and yeah. whoa! Right up. You come there. around the corner, and I thought it was like a herd of camels or something. They're yeah, big. they are huge. I uh, I haven't had anything too close. I've had a few deer, but uh, out in Idaho, actually, a couple of months ago, I was back on some of the dirt roads, and I was going uphill, fairly steep, and I came around a turn, and there were about six cows. Oh yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, on the uphill on the dirt, you got to get on the brakes pretty quick, and then you start struggling to get your balance as you put your feet down and that kind of thing. But uh, wildlife is—I've had numerous bears. Yeah, uh, I had a very close encounter with a deer this year up right. on Highway Two, just outside of Monroe. Got to keep your eyes. Had out. a really super close encounter one year down near uh, Riggs. Sure, um, Riggs, Idaho. Yeah. No, it was it was. Is it Riggs or Briggs? It's across on uh, ninety seven Highway ninety seven. Okay, I got you. Uh, a deer was in a cornfield, and the corn was high, and I, I couldn't see a deer if if you know if th- that deer was up in front of me, but I couldn't see it because he was in the corn. Right. And then he popped out, and uh, you know, took my breath away. And, yeah. But I didn't hit him. Um, I've had turkey broods that I've run into before. <laughs> They're out there, definitely. There's all kinds of stuff. But when you come around a corner, there's a porcupine in the middle of the I've road. Seen a few Whoa, of those, yeah. Got to swerve for that one. Well, uh, and, you know, that's just a, a good reminder for all the riders, especially as temperatures start to cool. You know, in those early mornings or late evenings, there's a lot of wildlife moving. And now that they're getting legal representation, you really have to be careful because you could find yourself with a. Uh, with a lawsuit on your hands, it sounds like. Anyway, vehicular assault. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to do the calendars and the news bites together. On the Sound Rider Show. Stick around. Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by Moon Motorcycles, a family-run operation located in Issaquah, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from. Whether you're shopping for a used sport bike, cruiser, dual sport, sport touring, or street standard, you owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. Yeah, my name is Bill Spencer. I live in Corbett, Oregon, and uh, been in the Northwest all my life. Born in Seattle, and now I live in Oregon, and... uh, one of my favorite places to ride since I was uh, riding motorcycles has been the Gifford Pinchot National Forest and on the trails as a dirt bike rider and also as a dual sport rider all over the Gifford Pinchot National Forest. Nowadays I get to visit more of the southern part of it because I live in Oregon, but uh, it never gets boring to me and, and to visit the, see the volcano and it's never, never dull, never boring, always different. And just a great place to ride. Hi, this is Brendan Ferrer from South Sound Motorcycles, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Soundwriter Show, September edition, and uh, not a whole lot going on News Bites-wise this month, so we're going to combine it together with the calendar, and uh, that means that you can all get to listen to your other podcast uh, sooner, (laughs) which, by the way, if if you really like listening to Tom and Derek, 
uh, you're going to want to tune into the Seattle Dining Show this go. month because we're taking it over. Yeah. And we'll be doing that show after we get done with this one. That's right. Lock, stock, and uh, smoke and barrel for uh, both the Sound Rider Show and Seattle Dining Show this month. <laughs> this should be funny. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But anyways, uh, so it's, it, this has been going on throughout the summer that Adventure Motorsports has been building a new location. Yeah. And it's in downtown Monroe instead of uh, taking those ticky-tacky back roads out to where they were in the business park. So uh, the store is open now. It's beautiful inside. You know, they've been a friend of the show and uh, Sound Rider for such a long time. And I was looking at some of the photos that you posted in this month's issue um, at SoundRider.com. Looks great, man. Looks like he really did a nice job. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a little hard getting, I, I really was shooting for better photos. But at the time that I had to shoot, there wasn't any bikes in the parking lot yet. So sure. that didn't fit, look right. The sign's not up yet out front. But uh, it's coming together. Scott's done a great job putting yeah. together a new shop up there. Uh, service department's real nice, and it's connected to the main showroom now. So that's nice. There's a large warehouse, which he tells me he's already maxed it out wow. with inventory. So uh, they've built up some uh, metal canopies that they're going to use for that's storing great. bikes under there. And uh, But, you know, it's it's uh, – it's way better than what he had before. Yeah. Well, and you can get used, new, you can get parts, you can get service. I mean, it's a one-stop shop if you're in the uh, yeah. greater Seattle area close to Monroe. You should definitely get down there and check it out. So, yeah, and, and like you say, there is an article in Soundwriter. Yep. So people can read about it and then go check it out. Weather's getting nicer. Take a ride to Monroe. That's right. Um, I, I was working on a calendar, and I noticed that the Washington State BMW riders are starting up their monthly rides again. So I figured this was actually kind of more of a news bite. So they only do their monthly rides from September to May. Oh, really? Yeah. So in the summertime, they, they shut it down. Summertime, they shut it down. They got their rally that they run in right. July. They should all be at our rally in August. Absolutely. So that's a uh, so they're going all through uh, December, January, all the cold months too. It sounds yeah. like yeah, yeah, and that's it's just like too frigid and icy. Then they'll they'll scrap a ride. I got you. That makes so. sense. Well, hey, if you need some uh, warm weather gear, right? Maybe go and check out Adventure Motorsports as you come into uh, September here. Oh, there you go. Right, tie it all together. So. Uh no, that's, that's kind of a bad well, hit for news fights. You know, honestly, though, right? I mean, September we always know is going to be slow because October is when we start to see most of the new models come out and a lot True. of the shows start to take place. And September is kind of like, hey, we're exiting the riding season and it's always super slow. I mean, if you look at any of the motorcycle magazines, which of course we're always reading, there's nothing out there. I mean, it's just this is the this is the last time for riding. And then we transition into all the good stuff starting in October. So I expect us to have a lot more news next month. So let's see on the calendar. Uh, what do yeah. you, that's Saturday the 9th. That's right. Uh, first one is, isn't on this sheet here. It's um, the Get to Know Your Bike Day down at Pacific Raceways. Cool. With Skagit Power Sports, and I see that Truett Motorcycle Education is getting involved in that as that's well. That's great. So that's that's going to be really good stuff for people down there. Uh, also on the ninth, you got the uh, Snohomish Eagles Poker Run. Uh, let's see. What's that? Uh, all proceeds going to Operation Eagle. All right, that looks like that's a wildlife uh, charity, and they've got a bunch of poker runs, uh, seven card stops. And uh, it looks like it's $5 pulled pork dinner there as well. Wow. Yeah. 
little bit of everything. <laughs> do, do some good for the Eagles. Yeah, there you go. I haven't done so much good is for the Eagles. It's, it's, it's a wildlife fund, so it's not the Eagles like the 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 Eagles Club type thing. Uh, well, it's, I don't know. It says all proceeds go to Operation Eagle and Sarvi Wildlife. Okay. So I don't really know what that is, but uh, hey, it's a good excuse to go out riding here in September. Why not take advantage of it if you're in the Snohomish area? If you're down in uh, the Oregon area, or even if you're not, yeah, uh, throw your bike in your truck and head on down to the Oregon Raceways and uh, do the last MotoFit track day of the year down there. It's going to be on the 9th and the 10th. Always a good time. Uh, everybody always wants to know, because it's such a secret, it's supposed to be a club secret, right. when is the Isle of Vashon? It will be Sunday, the 10th of September. Arrive early at the ferry, it fills up. Yes, it does. Come up fast, too. If, you, uh, if you're down in the Portland area and you want to get your two-stroke smoke fix down there instead of at the Isle of Ashon, you could head to the uh, St. Freud Riding Club. We'll be doing their two-stroke ride down in the Portland area. Two-stroke smoke. That's a, uh, a good name for a barbecue restaurant, a motorcycle-themed barbecue restaurant. Yeah, it right? might be your last barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> You got to have good exhaust fan in there. <laughs> well, you know, you make it work. A little, uh, a little smoke brisket off of your uh, two-stroke there. Nothing wrong with that. And then uh, Friday the fifteenth and the sixteenth, Skagit Power Sports is going to have the Yamaha dirt bike demo truck at Hannigan Speedway up there in Skagit County. Dual so you can go up and ride all the 2018 dirt bikes from Yamaha. So they're coming in. Which includes the 450, and that is the bike that has the Bluetooth-capable timing adjustment. Right. So you can tinker around with that. You get the app in your phone, and you get to learn how that works. I don't know if they'll let you put it in your phone right then. You probably have to buy a bike to do that. But they'll show you how That's interesting, though, to see how that kind of technology is going to continue to evolve. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, Saturday the 16th, head out to Moses Lake. The American Legion POW-MIA ride is going on. They're looking for a total of 100 riders, and I think hmm. they could do better than that. Yeah, I think so. Out in Moses Lake, right? You have a lot of people coming from both east and western Washington, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, if you're getting hungry, you know, if it's starting to get cold out here on the west side, you need to go and get that last bit of heat. You go to Moses Lake. That's for sure. And uh, this says their goal is to raise $15,000. So if that's a, uh, you know, a cause that you support, again, mid-September, Moses Lake, get out there and ride. Uh, on Sunday the 17th will be the Puget Sound Ride for Kids. That's been going on for basically decades, yeah. and it raises money for the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. A, a great cause in the 25th year, it says here. Where is it, is it going to be out there in Carnation again? Uh, so let's see. It looks like Carnation, Washington. Yeah. Yep, it will be. So okay. event starting at 8 a.m. So arrive early. Rider meeting at 6. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then on Monday the 18th through the 21st, we've got the Sasquatch Dual Sport ADV GPS Tour. Look out, man. That's going to be a good one this year down in uh, Oregon, right? No, we're going nope. around the Olympic Peninsula. Oh, that's right, yeah. And uh, I've, I've been working with my pre-riders who have been giving me lots of good feedback, so the route is still being uh, crafted up. Fantastic. But... Um, Man, I hope everybody can get through on it when I finish it. 
<laughs> Are you looking to make this one a little more radical than some of the previous ones, or uh, no, no, no? We don't. You know, I'm I'm not the guy who wants to break I you. I was going to say, yeah. Motorcycle. Usually, that's the uh, the theme. If so. I wanted to do the radical thing, there's a landslide that I'd send you over, but I'm not going to do it. Right, <laughs> optional. So we're working on routes around that that's landslide. That's good. Yeah. So well, it should be a good time, man. The Olympic Peninsula. You know, a lot of times I think uh, I know for me living in Seattle. A lot of times I'll I'll head north or south or east, but I don't uh, I don't go out to the Olympic Peninsula a lot, and I, it's kind of it's kind of a shame because. Well, you can always kind of slice and dice the Olympic yeah. Peninsula. You can do a day on the south or a day on the east or a, a day point. on the north, but it, they're all get to be long days. It's true, and so it's nice to do it as a Sasquatch tour because you're getting to go around and you've got places to stay. Uh, one of the nights we're staying up at the Soul Duck Hot Springs, oh, which uh, beautiful. Couple people were like, "Well, you know, it's two hundred dollars to stay up there." Hey, yeah. listen, you know what? By the time you get all done with this tour, you've been a week of riding, and you probably spent maybe a thousand dollars. I mean, and what what better way to close out September than to do the Olympic Peninsula, hit the hot springs, and ride your motorcycle? Come on, yeah. man, that's that's beautiful. Do you think I should qualify that as my hydrotherapy trip? Uh, well, is it the trip? Or are we going to do a tour with separate ones? Well, yeah, see, that's yeah. the thing. I, 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 I kind of... No, I don't have a lot here. of money to spend this year for a hydrotherapy tour. I got you. So, I, I think that this will be my hydrotherapy experience. Well, I mean, it's if you're going to do it, the uh, the hot springs out there, is that's, that's a pretty good choice. It's an okay one. Yeah. There's some betters. You take well, what you get where you can get it. Well, hey, stay tuned for the uh, the October November issue. Who have you ever stayed in up? the Soldock Hot Springs? I never have, but oh, I think okay. I visited the uh, the sort of the park out there. Right, you can walk back into uh, with the with the managed hot springs. Yeah, okay. Or maybe not. or maybe there's. Uh, or are you talking about the one where you hike in? Where you hike in? Yeah, oh, that's the Olympic Hot Springs. Oh, is that okay? I yeah, was thinking different. that was all right. It's been a few years, but yeah, and those are okay too. Yeah, don't trust me for. Uh, for sort of directions uh, and advice because I just kind of go where the wind takes me and <laughs> forage for food as I need it. So That's our calendar for September. Let's uh, take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, go through some of the feedback from the Rally in the Gorge. Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible in part by... Skagit Power Sports, where you'll find one of the largest selections of new and used motorcycles, apparel, and gear in the North Sound. Skagit Power Sports provides a relaxed atmosphere and no-pressure sales staff to get you into your next bike simply and quickly. And that's why they are consistently voted the top dealer in the Pacific Northwest by Sound Riders year after year. Visit them in Burlington today or find them online at SkagitPowerSports.com. Hey, this is Greg from Olympia, and one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest is the Olympic Loop. It's fantastic. Hi, this is Manny from Manny's Lonchera, located near the awesome Rowena Curves in the beautiful Moisture, Oregon, and you are listening to the Sound Rider Show.
right, writers. Welcome back to the Sound Writers Show. And if you didn't have a chance to join us uh, in August down at the Rally in the Gorge, man, did you miss a, a great experience. And I know we've talked a lot about it, but now that it's over, we always kind of like to do an open discussion, right? Review uh, some of the uh, the hits and misses and to talk about uh, some some rider feedback and just to kind of relive the experience and enjoy it all. But what did you think this year, Tom? We had a last-minute venue change. I thought it turned out great, but what was uh, your perspective? I, I, I couldn't be happier. I mean, there were some things that didn't work out, and there were some things that worked out really well. Sure. Uh, people really enjoy getting to go into the museum. I'm one of those. Because a lot of people who ride motorcycles are birdheads, too. That's true. Thank you. Um, I bet you, I bet you no, nobody ever called plane enthusiasts birdheads before, <laughs> I think that's they? a first. We're breaking <laughs> uh, new ground here on the Soundwriter Show. But you're right, though. In, in Gearheads in general, though, right? I mean, we like engines. Uh, we like engineering uh, airplanes, cars, motorcycles. And down at Wham, you could get that all. Yeah. Or yeah. get all of that. So I got some of the feedback letters, so I'll run through a yeah, few of the points some of and some of them. Uh, first one came in from uh, – I don't know where did that go. Came in from a gentleman named Eric. Oh, can't open it now. There we go. Well, we'll buy a little time here. You know, while you're oh, – uh, we go. I we got it. Okay. So uh, Eric had a couple of things to say. Um uh, use a bike indicator versus the wristband. It's always a pain to remove a glove and pull up a sleeve. Yeah, well, it's always have a uh, it's always a pain to have a rider swap a bike somewhere, and then people are coming to the rally for free. So I got you. we don't do that. It Makes never sense. have, and and uh, we've looked at it both ways. But uh, another suggestion: uh, use a PA to interact with the crowd. Well, let me tell you, that was a fairly large space down there. It was a big space. We'd be getting about $5,000 worth of PA equipment and have some pretty upset neighbors if we were blasting on a PA. Right, so. I could see that, sure. Uh, but what, what, it, what came clear here is that uh, people didn't know when things were going on. Well, mm-hmm. the people who didn't know what was going on, I, I found out it's two kinds of people. Okay. It's the people who don't read. Where you you tell them the program's on your phone, just go to the website, hit the schedule page. Sure. And and it's also the people who don't want to use their phone to go on the internet. Like they'll do apps and they'll do their Facebook and stuff like that. Right. But they don't want to go to a website. Somebody told me the other day they'd rather have a PDF than go to a website. You ever like try to navigate a PDF on your phone? Yeah, I mean, I can I can see both sides there. Though I would obviously we want people to be able to enjoy the speakers, right, and interact with uh, with the vendors. And there was a lot of consideration going from paper to digital this year. And we kind of, from past experience, we felt like the digital might be a better solution overall for the majority of riders, anyway. So uh, we will remedy this in 2018, right? You will have access to the schedule online. You will be handed an eight and a half by fourteen sheet of paper when you arrive at the rally. You will see that eight and a half by fourteen sheet of paper posted around on every bathroom door. Cool. I said to somebody, I said they said, Well, I don't know what they're selling at the Moto Mojo Cafe. I said, Well, you know, uh we put the menu on all the bathroom doors. He goes, I don't want to stand in front of a bathroom door and read a food menu. <laughs> But that's, that's like a general location that everybody sure. at some point eventually winds up at. Everybody so. has to hit the head. But uh, well, I mean, I think that's a good solution, though, right? And I mean, and, and lastly, in the mornings during the breakfast hour, 
uh, we will have a short briefing on the schedule for the day. I think those are great solutions. So. I think. I mean, the idea is right is to make sure that everybody can take advantage of the entire rally experience if they want to. So I think it's great. You get paper, you get digital, and then a quick uh, morning meeting, and everybody knows what's on the docket for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, suggestion that we do group rides. That's not going to happen, right? Because we've done them, and we know that people crash on them, and sure. we write way too many accident. We I, I I figured out one year we wrote eight accident reports on a. We had a total of a hundred people. In the very first year. Wow. And we were doing group rides, and we had eight accident reports. Now, this year, I had to write one accident report, and we had, uh, what, 100 and almost 200 people this yeah. year. So, and how many group rides? So we don't do group rides. It says it on the website. Yeah. It's explained. Uh, once again, please read. Um, another suggestion is the guys want more difficult dual sport rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, we threw out several options in the rides that we had for more difficult routes that people could take. But uh, I don't typically want you crashing and destroying your motorcycle and sure. your leg and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't, I don't put things like the suicide grade in there. Right. Uh, the Barlow Road was suggested. We've done it in the past. We'll do it again in the future. Yep. Uh, and that's the thing. We're always rotating our rides around, so it's not all easy breezy stuff. And we'll throw some uh, just for all you guys who wanted the tough stuff. We're going to throw some real tough ones in there next year. I love to hear that. Uh, let's see. Oh, they want a list of where to eat along the way. We've done that in the past. Right. Um, Which that's something that – We could uh, do that again. I was going to say, you've got pretty extensive knowledge of the region there, so that's oh, yeah. something you could put together pretty easily. Yeah. Some sort of group activity, someone says. Barbecue and vendor-provided beers. Mm. Where were you on Friday and Saturday night when we had the Brat Fest with the vendor-provided beer? They were looking for that $5,000 PA system. Uh, yeah, to go along with the suggestion for having live music, which we'll never do at the Rally in the Gorge. Right. So bring your little uh, JBL Charge 3 or whatever you need to groove with because we're not doing live music. You wouldn't even let me in with my harmonica this year. I was a little disappointed. This but. guy says, I would pay $15 or so more for a group barbecue and beer each day after the rides. Well, we gave you free barbecue on Thursday. Right. We gave you free brats and beer on Friday and free brats and beers on Saturday. So just got to read that website you gotta go that far sure well you know a lot of those suggestions though with uh, hopefully with the paper the digital and the uh, morning announcements you know it, it's always great to have more people involved in those things so mm-hmm. something to consider here's a suggestion to air email out gpx files the morning of the event makes it easier to get on our phones and blah 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 mm-hmm. um yeah, well, we actually did send out GPX files to what we call the the the, the people we know right. list, uh, and people that we will trust not to uh, uh, disseminate that beyond uh, registered people at the rally. Sure. And so, as we get to know people, we add to that list, and uh, and it does save a lot of time. Uh, Connie had a lot easier time with registration right. this year. So well, that has been uh, in in the mornings, right? When those first couple of days when people are arriving, that it has been a lot of time involved, like you said, to get uh, those routes downloaded to everybody's GPS. So another interesting uh, interesting take. Certainly see where you're coming from on that as well, though. Um, someone suggesting that we have a common beer cooler where you can put beer in and take beer out. 
yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that one before. Mm. Uh, but I also know that once you start ha- meddling with the beer stuff, if it's if if it's if it's a vendor, that's cool. If it's me, it's it doesn't work in AMA guidelines. Right. So I can't uh, make you happy in that department. That's a good note. But uh oh, plenty of resources around the uh, Columbia River Gorge and uh, Hood River to find beer, though. Yeah, it's not hard to find beer around Hood River. Yep. Got sessions down there and a full sale and all that stuff. So um, uh, here somebody says the food vendor was awful. Hmm. Who was okay. the food vendor this year? <laughs> well, you know, we we sort of took over the food concession yeah. this year, and we did have to stumble through a couple things. We know we'll never do pizza again. We know we'll never do the pre-made breakfast sandwiches. We'll always make them fresh in the future. Gotcha. Uh, stuff like that. Um, but then there was some highlight, you know, there's some good points of the, of us being a food vendor. Some of the salads were just mind blowing for people. Yep. The, uh, the, the balsamics and the infused olive oils that we used, not just in the salads, but we, we would put like a blood orange into the French toast. Yeah. Stuff like that. People were really enjoying it. We had a lot of fresh fruit available. There was some very fresh ingredients and some good stuff down there. So we did some stuff right. We did some stuff wrong. And I've already torn up the 2017 menu and, and, uh, re-edited it for 2018 so one step ahead and we already have the 2018 dates right we do yeah it's uh, august 22nd through the 26th it's gonna it's be the, a good time already looking forward to it dates. is registration open uh we'll... registration is not open yet okay but it will be shortly gotcha uh somebody said they would have rather stayed at the fairgrounds yeah we would have too but you got to do what you got to do yeah uh uh, somebody said Don was uh, awesome from All Moto Tire. Uh, saved our bacon when we needed tires when we didn't think we needed them. Oh, and here somebody had a balance bead jammed in a Schrader valve. How did balance bead things? They really work. I don't know. I I heard some uh, overheard some discussion. A couple of riders talking about that. And I, I got to be honest with you, I'm not too familiar with uh, the technology there. But um, I hear that's it's a very hotly debated topic. And uh, somebody said, uh, thanks for putting on the event. I know it's a ton of work. There we go. You know, it is a ton of work. It's a lot of fun, though, <laughs> once it all comes together, though. we had a lot. There was a lot of people who were really enjoying themselves, uh, a lot of return riders, which is always great to see every year. And, and I thought the, the, uh, the venue was still worked out great. It worked out great. You yeah. know, everybody's freaking out. Well, they only have two showers there. Right. Hey, you know what? I never had to stand in line for a shower. Granted, I didn't try to take showers like right at 8 o'clock in sure. the morning. Yeah. But I never ever walked by there and saw more than one or two people waiting to get a shower. Yeah. So. Well, I know for me, I don't wash my bike or my body on vacation, so to hell with it. Uh, somebody that went to Jesse's Mary Hill Loops Cornering Clinic was awesome. Great. Um, Star wants to do some more stuff with us next year, the Idaho people. Cool. So that's good. They they're, run a great program out there in Idaho. Yeah. They're, they're looking at... Uh, some things they can do. Um, somebody says he loved the Mary Hill Loops Road. Please keep it. Okay. Right. <laughs> That'll be 16 years we'd have kept it. And you know next year is Sweet 16. It's uh, a big event. you have any uh, any ideas and any special things you want to do to celebrate that? Or Oh, yeah. We'll have a, a like a cake. And, uh, there we go. Uh, somebody will get their driver's license at the rally. Right. And, 
I don't know. Uh, somebody says uh, change the dates of the rally so they don't coincide with the fire season. Uh, not going to do that because when you tough. put the dates in June or early July, you wind up with roads that are still yep. covered in snow. That is a challenge, yes. So we put it on the – we don't run it in uh, July because that's super hot. Yep. And not just fire season, but, you know, we, we did it in July one year. We had to, and it was uh, 116 degrees in Mosier. Man. so Not safe riding conditions for the majority of riders. It's pretty tough. But I thought, uh, you know, it started to get a little warm on the last day, but I thought it was really pretty comfortable this year. I was super happy with the weather myself. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, except for that wind that you missed on I did, Wednesday yeah. night, just That's a right. ripping wind. Uh, I've got some serious t- tent maintenance i got to do now. <laughs> um, this guy says, uh, thanks for uh, having an eclipse in advance of the rally. Yeah. Um, he, said, uh, he said, everything went smooth. The vibe was great. I packed food because of last year. Uh, but I rarely ate it thanks to the Moto Mojo Cafe. Oh, there you go. So, see, they got the other side there. Yep. And uh, good people, excellent rides, near-perfect weather. What more could you ask for? Thank you for your effort. This is my one vacation every year, and it's worth it. Well, I hope it's the so, your vacation again next year, certainly. That's a, good, that's a good feedback. Another guy. See, now here's a guy who was reading the schedule. This is guy Aaron up in Bellingham. He said he never got to the museum because he was so busy doing everything on the schedule. Right. So <clears throat> it pays to read the emails. It pays to read the schedule. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're spending, what was it, $110 yeah. if you were camping, um, Man, you've got to get your money's worth. Well, that's – you know I was going to say it's, it's also important to remember that it's worth coming back again and again because yeah. things change and you can't hit everything a lot of times in the same year. We so, want you to be happy. We want you to come back again and yeah. again. And it starts with you reading the emails we send. I know it's annoying. You're, right. you're always deleting emails and you don't want to go to a website and stuff like that. But if you want to get the most for your money – that's how you do it. Right. Well, and uh, if you do come down, and we have, like I said, a lot of people who join us year over year, come on back next year because things are going to be a little bit different like they always are, and they're still going to be a great time. And we had a great, great crowd this year. It was really good to see uh, so many people down there. Yep. All right, let's, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by... Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads, and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. Hi, my name is Aaron, and uh, you know, I mostly like riding the roads around Washington, all the logging roads and little two-track dirt stuff, and just to explore and to be able to check out the world that we live in. Pretty much ride like GS kind of stuff, sidecars and 650s, so it's all a good time. Hi everyone, this is Dave Richardson from Moto International. You're listening to The Sound Rider Show. All right, we are back. 
Final segment of the Soundwriter September show. And uh, Derek, you kind of alluded in the first segment that you wanted to talk about something about when you came back. So this is our tips and tricks segment. Am I in the right spot? Well, it's a little bit different, but I will mention that quickly. And I was going to actually ask you. um, So I went Highway 25 uh, Uh to come uh, back from the rally up to Seattle here. Have you ridden that this year? No. It is Man, it is gnarly. <laughs> it's always gnarly. I know, but I rode it last year and this year, dude. I'm telling you, it is beat to hell. Like, it is a rough road. There are some huge frost heaves. You just got to stand on your pegs the whole time. <laughs> I guess okay. so, man. You stand on your pegs for an hour and a half. Yeah, I couldn't believe, though, how beat up it was compared from this year to last year, at least how, as how I remember it. But there were some serious, like, drop-offs in the road. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, you got to you gotta keep your eyes about you, man, because with the shadows and everything. Have we talked about the article that is online at Soundwriter about how to ride FS25? I don't know. North and South. And maybe we did last year, but yeah, uh, I haven't... So- uh, Basically, you have to throw the concept of the delayed apex right out the window. Right. You've got to be reading the road way ahead, yeah. and uh, a lot of times you're going to have to cross over the center line if your vision, if, if nothing's coming your way. Definitely. In order to avoid smashing your bike through a frost here. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I don't. I don't know of any road in uh, in Seattle that uh, has that many frost heaves. Is there anything else that you can think of that's... Well, Greenwood did until about three guess- years ago. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when I was writing it. I was like, did uh, the city of Seattle take over maintenance of uh, FS25 here or what? Uh, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. Not my favorite road, that's for sure. But it, it's, it's a, always better southbound, though. You're right on that. Because there's less frost heaves on that side of the road. You're absolutely right on that. But it is a beautiful road to ride. There are a lot of great views, and it's always, I mean, it's always worth it. But just, man, what a... Uh, what a gnarly road that is. Well, so there's a tip right there. Right. If you want to ride FS25... Read the Soundwriter article on how to ride FS25, and we give it to you in both directions, both north and south. You can't ask for anything more than that. So, uh, but go ahead. You yeah, got a tip? I was going to go into a quick one here. From uh, This is for a lot of the uh, city riders out there. Last month, I was talking about camping and looking up you know, make sure that you don't put your, camp next to, or, uh, your tent next to a dead tree so you don't get crushed in the middle of the night. Uh, this month, I had an experience while I was in the city riding to the grocery store. I sometimes do that. I've got my Happy Trails panniers on, so I will uh, go and get groceries on the motorcycle. And my tip this month is to look down in the parking lots because I backed my motorcycle into a spot. I put down the kickstand, and when I put down my foot, I nearly ate it because it was so slick with oil. So in the oh. center of the parking lots there and the parking spaces, you know, the cars come and they drip oil and lubricant, whatever it may be. And you got to be careful on your motorcycle, not so much of just backing in and putting your kickstand down. But when you take off, you got to get a few thousand revolutions on that wheel to burn some of that off. That's you, a good point. Yeah. If you corner tightly, man, you'll drop in a hurry there. So, uh, so tell us, did your bike take a nap? Uh, it did not. I, okay. sa- I saved it and I, I managed to, uh, <laughs> to get out of there okay, but uh, – like we mentioned earlier in the show, some of that aggressive riding that uh, I like to do in downtown situations. If you've got uh, some nice transmission fluid wrapped around your rear wheel and you lean into a corner. Yeah, don't you want to like kind of <laughs> grease up those wheels real nice and then start cutting in and out of traffic? It you is, know you do. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. So look down, you know, and uh, when you're maneuvering your bike into parking spaces, stick left or stick right. Try to get away from where those oil leaks may be and uh, save your bacon. Both for that and uh, while you're doing some uh, grocery shopping as well, if you've got your panniers uh, full of bacon like I often do. so 
I hope you never left bacon in your pannier. I hope you always remember to take it out and put it in the fridge. I always remember that. Yeah, that's a top priority. But what do you got for us this month, Tom? So, um, you know, we rent tents when we do the route. Yeah. And we set them up ahead of time so they're all set up for people when they get there. And uh, then on Wednesday night, we just had a ferocious windstorm. Yeah. And, uh, man, I got I got tent poles that are bent like no tomorrow. And uh, it turns out what I have to do with those is replace them. So there is a, a company down in Vancouver called uh, – I'm blanking on the name. Uh-oh. It's like Pro Tent repair or something like okay. that and you can send your poles down to them and they'll they'll either straighten them if they can or they'll replace them right um and then the other problem that we're having some of our tents are getting on in age so uh, i know you had this problem where the waterproofing came off that your did. seams yep and i know that we talked about this on the show one so one one winter you and i both reseamed our our tent Rain, rain flies. Well worth it, too. Uh, but now we have this one tent that's 11 years old, and it's kind of a sticky mess because it's a silicone-coated tent, and the silicone is failing now. So, you know, I really – I cannot grasp the idea of taking a $300 tent and throwing it in a trash can. It's very tough, especially if the fabric is still good and you've resealed the rain fly and everything. It's it's tough. Yeah. So I'm, I'm – uh, um, I've, I've gravitated toward this company called Gear Aid, and they sell a lot of like you know 21st century products to keep your tent going. Right. Um, so I got some of their uh, liquid product that you can kind of brush on to your tent and put a new coating of waterproofing over that failing silicone, and it's actually working. Yeah. That's, so, I think, the stuff that I used to reseal my tent fly last year. You go over the seams, it has the little yeah, the seam the brush, grip. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it That's works. That's the same company. It works great. That's the same company. And they also make some uh, adhesive patches that you don't need to use any glue with. And um, so, so one of our tents got a little rip down in the floor. Right. So I, I uh, put the patch on one side, and then I cut a same size piece and put it on the other side. So that's all patched up now. See, I like a good tent with some patches and resealing of the seams. That means it's been used, right? I mean, it's not a, uh, it's not yeah, a showroom I tent. No, I don't, <laughs> you know, I, I don't buy cheap tents. I mean, if it's a $39 no, you, yeah. tent, I'd have thrown it in the trash can. Oh, absolutely. But a $300 tent, I'm, I have a hard time thinking I'm going to get unload that. But so. that's what I'm saying. I like uh, when you get a good tent, they are designed uh, in a sense to be repaired like this. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you do the right repairs, you can have – I've had my tent for a decade, and it's seen just about every tour of duty you can imagine. Well, and I was talking to the girl at the fabric shop. She says it's kind of weird because I have a tent that's 30 years old, and I never had any problems with it. Interesting. And then, you know, you get in, and and she thinks that she has the polyurethane coating on her tent. Yeah. I have that on, on one of our, on our big guy here. Uh, that's a polyurethane, and I'm having to peel all that off now with a scratchy sponge. Right. And then put the, the new coating of the waterproofing on. Has this girl at the fabric store ever camped on anything that isn't a KOA? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the tent's going in and out of the bag. You're wearing it out, so. Anyhow. 
that's what I got. Yeah, that's great. I was, I know, I was looking. Uh, you mentioned the tent roll pole repair. I don't know. Is this the? Ah, uh, uh, here you go. That's it. What's yeah. the name of the place? So I think tent, tent pole, pole technology. That's right. Down that's in, the one. in Vancouver, Washington. So if anybody's listening and uh, is interested, you can check them Thank out. Thank you for looking that yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will actually drive my poles down whenever the next time is I go down I five because they're the large poles. Right. It's probably cost me like thirty forty dollars to put them in UPS and send them yeah. around, and I got to pay to get them back and i gotta pay to get the poles replaced and by the time we do all that we're looking at what i don't want to spend two hundred dollars no way go down uh have a nice meal in portland right enjoy maybe the day down there and Mm -hmm. see uh see what they can do for your tent poles and you know another another tip is if you're going to throw a tent away keep the poles because a lot of poles are standard size, and so if you get a bent pole on another tent, you can often replace it with one of the poles you're holding. I tell you what, the September show is the show that keeps on giving because that is a great bonus tip. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Maybe we should start some sort of sound rider tent pole exchange program, right, where we can all uh... – Oh, give me another <laughs> yeah. job. Why That's don't you? what I do here. So, All right. That's it. September is there. Have a good time riding. Enjoy the cooler air. Maybe I'll see you on the road in October on the hydrotherapy tour. I don't know. Right. Uh, Come join us for Sasquatch if you've got nothing else to do, and we'll look forward to seeing you all back here in October. Yep. We'll see you on the October show. Like us on Facebook, and uh, stay tuned because the next month is going to be a great one, only on the Sound Rider Show. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.